Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. I'm Cassidy, one of your Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders, and you're watching the Believe in Colts podcast. What's going on, Colts Nation? I'm Lawrence Owen. With me, as usual, is my guy, you know, Donald Thomas. And today we are going to be previewing this Sunday's matchup, Week 16, the Indianapolis Colts, the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, yeah, three-way tie for the division. Right now, eight and six with Jacksonville, Indianapolis, and Houston. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons fighting for their division, even though you know where their their current record sitting at where they're at. Uh, initial thoughts about the game heading into this weekend. Um, ascending Colts playing the descending Falcons. It shouldn't be a close game, in my opinion. It's just a game that, you know, um, honestly, when I looked at it from the from the beginning of the season, I always had my reservations about Atlanta this whole year. So, um, you know, they're kind of just been a middle of the pack to bottom bottom tier team in my opinion um showing some some flash and some promise but you know what team in the nfl doesn't show flash at times they're all they're professional football players so they just haven't been able to put it together and the Colts are putting it together at the right time and so like when you look at it on paper and when you look at it from the past weeks of work you see how the Colts have played and you see how the falcons have played and it's just like i don't think this game should be close um in my opinion so this might be a, you know, I may maybe I shouldn't say it. The Falcons are six and eight, and the Indianapolis Colts have not lost to a sub five hundred team all season long. That's something you know I didn't even realize that until a few days ago. Every team that they played so far this year is currently uh, five hundred or better. So that's. That's something to say. Probably get into a little bit about, you know, what's behind those numbers in a moment. But before we do, i got to remind everybody that Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, NFL, NBA, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use the mobile device today to get in on the action. Remember, Use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. So when someone tells you that a team this late in the season has not lost to a team that has a losing record, what does that say to you? Um, It tells you that they come to play when it's time to come to play and take care of business and don't play down to their competition. Uh, you see that across the board in all sports um, at every level. When you play a team that's of lesser magnitude or has a lesser record than you, uh, sometimes the good teams tend to play down and allow those teams to be in the game. And so the Colts have shown that when they play a team that's below 500, they usually take care of business and show them who's boss. Um, it's the really good teams that, you know, we kind of, you know, we have to go toe-to-toe with. And so, uh, but no, I mean, this basically just, you know, this says, like, if you don't have to look at a record, right, I'm just looking at the way that the style of play and just the, the, the trend that these, these two teams have been on. When I'm looking at it from a standpoint of that, because I, I tend to, like, when, when when you harp on, like, a record like that or, like, a like a uh, whatever, like, what a stat like that, 
tends to kind of you got to knock on some wood because it could that's be. why I'm like maybe I shouldn't say this. <laughs> right, fair enough, fair enough. So, but yeah, it just it just tells me that they take care of business when they need to take care of business with teams that they should be. Absolutely, absolutely. That's how I feel about it as well. And uh, walking in today, it is awesome news. Coach Shane Steichen told the media, hey, you know what? Michael Pittman Jr. passed concussion protocol. He is cleared to play this Sunday. And Jonathan Taylor has looked good during practice all week and is also cleared to play, which means the only starter on this team that won't be playing is Braden Smith, who, you know, has not played for quite a few weeks now in a row. It will be up to the rookie, Blake Freeland, again. And maybe a little help on the edges, but I don't know if he's going to need help on the edges because one of the three best pass rushers, and granted, they've only got three pass rushers uh, that have five or more sacks on their team, uh, and none of them have more than six, right? Bud Dupree, I believe, is out in this game, right? So they're not known for pass rush in the first place, and then one of their better pass rushers is out in this game. Is this an opportunity to... Go ahead and let your tight ends, you know, free. Don't have to let them sit back and help chip block like we had to do a lot against Pittsburgh and some other teams with really good edge rushers and stuff. I mean, is, is this something where you could kind of let Freeland go the one-on-ones and, and utilize uh, your tight ends in the passing game a little more? Yeah, I mean, listen, we can't keep hindering the offense because we have someone who can't, like, like efficiently do their job. And so, like, when you look at it from a standpoint of you never want to be the guy that alters the way that the play, like the offensive coordinator wants to control a game or call a game or uh, have to change the game plan up because they don't have full confidence. in you. so at, at some point, there needs to be a game where you can, um, like on defense, you call it a stat game where I'm just going to get my stats up on a guy. Well, this is a game for an offensive lineman guy to get his confidence back up, like, and for the coaching staff to get confidence in him as well. So if we can utilize the the, the pass game with our tight ends in it, not to like lead them into to pass protect, that's huge. And at some point, at some point, you're not going to f- face a perennial pass rusher every single week, right? You don't face good pass rushers, but damn it, you're good. Too. You're, you're, you're technically good too. If you're starting in the NFL, I don't care if you're a backup and you get thrusted into that position and they keep you there. You're good enough to start. That means that there's not, you know, another tackle that they can find to replace you on the street or on someone else's roster or on a practice squad, what have you. So you need to be able to block whoever is in front of you. And so like, this is a game where we should be able to utilize our tight ends, get them going, get them on flow. Cause I'm telling you right now, like when you hit the playoffs, you need to have every aspect of your offense working run game, pass game. You know, this is a game where, and we can, I want to segue into like when Jonathan Taylor went out, we haven't ran the ball effectively. We haven't ran the ball effectively since he's been out like these past few well, weeks. Last week we did against Pittsburgh. Yeah, well, with, I have my reservations. But when you look at it, okay, week previous to that, what, 54, 50, less than 60 yards rushing in the game. And previous to that, wasn't stellar. Like, it hasn't been like where I was hoping Zach Moss was just and, – and granted, there's a lot of other factors that go into it, right? There's the way people block. There's play called, how many times he get, touches the ball – all that stuff, but I'm just saying the run game has not been the run game that we saw b- when Jonathan Taylor was out before he came back, and then when they both were in there and they were both running the football. So this is going to be a game where we should see a full playbook wide open, 
we can call plays from an offensive coordinator standpoint to get everybody involved in the offense, hopefully, right, and take advantage of a lesser team. Absolutely. This is uh, their defense isn't terrible. Uh, I believe it's top ten total in points allowed per game. But I mean, you also got to kind of look at their division, right? Uh, say, same way with the Indianapolis Colts being a top ten scoring offense. You kind of look at the division. But our division actually has decent defenses, right? So uh, I, I look at this game. Look, they don't have a great pass rush. They do have a guy in the backfield that can take away passes. Uh, the safety uh, on their team has five interceptions on the year. Uh, I don't think anyone else has more than one um, mm-hmm. on the rest of the team. That They're not really known for, for getting turnovers. They're, they're not very well known for getting sacks. And that tells me that, this is a game where if you just play a clean game, if you play a clean game in this game, you should have no problem going out there and scoring some points on this Atlanta Falcons defense. Yeah. I mean, they're when you look at them, they're undisciplined to a certain degree, and they really just kind of like lack like up front getting to the quarterback to allow, um, you know, some mistakes to be made by the quarterback. And this plays into perfectly for a Gardner Minshew um game right where you have a little bit more time in the pocket you know that their secondary is a little suspect um you know you just have to make smart throws and that's why it's so important to get the tight ends involved so you don't have to make super deep throws you have other kind of short you know short throw threats with tight ends being open maybe tight a tight ends you know slips behind a linebacker or something we pick up some big yardage on a couple plays um you know and uh honestly i want to see the colts really start utilizing the screen game a little bit better. I think that'll help tremendously when coming down the line. I think this is a team here where you want to try to get one or like two or three screens and just chest them out. Especially if you're up a little bit, let's, let's throw that in there and see how we rerun it so we can get some film on it. We can try to perfect the timing on it, all those kind of sort of things, because you're in the playoffs, you need everything. And we haven't been necessarily running screens really well um, this year. It just in, in my opinion, just with the timing, um and 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 some some big plays to be made in this in the screen game as well we have the i feel like we have the 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 weapons for it you got zach moss in there you got for sure jonathan taylor in there get him out the backfield get him running you know get him with some momentum get those linemen out running um a team like this where uh you know they're a little bit undisciplined i think you should need to try that on them i think a wide screen would be really impressive as well especially since you know Michael Pittman Jr. and Alec Pierce are very, very good blockers uh, out on the perimeter. Uh, I've noticed all season they have been absolutely uh, devastating um, out there on the edge, which is, you know, I mean, that's, that's got to make anyone feel good after what we all saw from uh, Pickens, right, uh, in the game again, uh, against the Steelers. So uh, a little bit of pride in that and um, can't wait to see that. But defensively, the Indianapolis Colts, we are facing Taylor Heineke, who's a little bit more of a mobile quarterback, um, actually has had a better quarterback rating and QBR than Ritter has this year uh, in the, what, three games he's played, uh, I believe it is. And he's got some weapons. When they're on, they're on. I mean, Drake London can be a very good receiver at times. Kyle Pitts can be dangerous. He hasn't lived up to you know, his draft expectations. And then Jonu Smith, after he left the New England Patriots, got back with Arthur Smith. 
you know, his former offensive coordinator in Tennessee, he's turned into another good tight end, right? He, he, yeah. after he left there, he's gone over there. He's been their best target by far. He, he has the best catch percentage and best yards per target for anyone over 13 catches, right? So Janu has been absolutely great. They got Kyle. And like I said, they've got London. Um, this is a game where I feel like our defensive line, again, it all kind of rests on them. Get in there, get to the quarterback, right? I mean, that's that's what it is. That's what we've been living off of all year. Why stop? Don't stop what's not broken is the way I feel about it. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Um, they they are the, – the Falcons are this, right? Like what like when I look at them from a standpoint of like offense and defense, they're very, very scrappy. Like mm-hmm. they are one thing about them is like I said they're undisciplined. I'm not backtracking on that. But if you really look at their record, they have not the, the their biggest deficit has been when they lost their lines by 14 points. Like everything has been, you know, mm-hmm. score or less, super tight games, like you know, two-point losses, four-point losses, like they've been in these games. And so when you look at it from the standpoint of that, like they got some fight in them. Yes. Like they're not going to lay down, even though their record doesn't reflect that. Right. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't reflect it. But, you know, the past few weeks, they've really not, in my opinion, um, taking care of business. But when you look at how they play, like they should like they beat the Jets. They should have beat the Jets. Like. Right. But like the Bucks, like four point loss, you know, uh, Panthers two point loss, which is very concerning mm-hmm. being that the Panthers are who the Panthers yeah. are. Right, like you know, like you should like be. You losing. gave them their only win of the year. Yeah, like. <laughs> so when I say that though, that can be a double-edged sword for the Colts, right? Because it could be like, yeah, you got you gave up the worst loss of the season, right? You just had it coming off of that, but it also could have lit another fire under them to be pissed off, and they probably I don't know how rough their week of practice was, and yada yada yada, but it could be a rough week for them as well because. You know, they were embarrassed by losing to a winless team. So this team is just like, this is the thing, like with the Colts, and I say week in and week out, they are going to have to come out of the gate with no, 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 no mishaps, no, no misassignments, no penalties, and just play really focused football for the first half of the game. I'm not saying that you don't play for the whole four quarters, but what I'm saying is you have to have flawless football for the first half of this football game really assert your dominance, put your foot on their neck because they're not going to quit fighting and get up on this team by a couple scores by halftime to make them have to re- re- like resort back into now they're in, they're, they're in fight mode, right, where they have to throw the football. And now that creates – that works right into our favor because you want to drop back where well, we can rush the passer. And that, co- that causes turnover. So, um, you know, this game is just going to be one where if we say the record's the stat, whatever reflects what how they play and how they handle business. And damn it, they got to go out there and handle business and show that they they the Colts are a playoff team and they're ascending at the right time. And uh, we could talk about you know who Taylor Heineke is and how much more mobile he is than than Ritter. And you know I, I've never been a Ritter fan for whatever reasons. Maybe because it was he's a Cincinnati guy and I can never beat Cincinnati in college. So I just have you know like something against them and uh so like maybe that's what it is because he's not terrible but no one expected him to be a starting quarterback right and so like we all know what Heineke can do he's he's shown that you know at previous uh, low, you know spots he's been at um but this is really like 
like I hate to say it, but like who's a better backup, right? Who's the better guy that to be in the situation, right? And so like when you look at it from a standpoint of who's a better quarterback, I feel like Gardner's a better quarterback. Um, who has more to prove? Heineke has more to prove, in my opinion. And we can argue that. I know no one ever, everyone doesn't agree with what I say, right? But what I'm saying, when you step in late in the, during the season like that, you said his QBR has been better than Ritter's. Like he's he's trying to not make mistakes. He's trying to go out there and really win football games and compete. And it's going to come down to who's going to play all sixty minutes, all four quarters is going to come out on top. See, I talked about some of the weapons that Heineke's going to have to throw to, like London, Pitt, Smith. But I'm telling you, I feel like the defense needs to focus more in on Bijan Robinson. He is that dude, right? Four point six yards to carry. He runs hard. And he's the third leading receiver on this team. So, you know, he's he is that escape route. He's that safety blanket, right, for the quarterbacks over there. You got to keep a, uh, somebody on him at all times because the game is going to revolve around him. You force him to have a bad game, odds are you're forcing the entire team to have a bad game. Yeah, the offense definitely runs through him, and he's been dynamic all year. I think he's really um, – he's really – he surprised me. He's really surprised – a lot of people, I, you know how dynamic he is from just jumping from college to the pros. Um, and, you know, a lot of the offense does go through him. And so he's a linebacker matchup, like nightmare. And so, you know, who can who, who can cover him out in space is going to be quite, is debatable, right? I think EJ has enough speed, no pun intended, and, and, and enough athleticism to, to stick with him, you know. Um, so we'll see how that matchup goes coming, like when he comes out that backfield, who's on him? You know, I think um, I think our linebackers can handle him. He's just dynamic to where he's going to make plays, man. It's just, it's all about like I said previous weeks before. Like Curry's going to get his thirty, right? He's going to like if we can get him to, like keep him to twenty five to twenty to twenty four points and make someone else have to step up. That's when you you know you win a you you win the game, right? You can't just let him go off, right? So you contain him, make them have to do some things outside of someone else having to be the guy. Nobody else wants to be the guy when the guy is out there on the field and you really depend on him to, to, you know, carry the team. Right. So we have a team like that, you know, you guys want to be the guy, but they're just not it. Mm -hmm. So we'll see, you know, like, like you said, that's, that's the big, that's the big key right there. You take him out of the game, you take the whole offense down. Absolutely. Arthur Smith as known right now for being on the hot seat. A lot of people, you know, pre, uh, pretty much predicting that, that's the reason why he moved to Heineke. This is like a, a last ditch Hail Mary, hopefully to save his his career because there's there's or well at least his job there in Atlanta. Uh so many people right now, coaches on the hot seat right now. But one guy who is not is the head coach for the Indianapolis Colts, who has brought this team, in my opinion, well beyond the expectations uh of national expectations. And I think it's it's just a, a game of, of of two coaches right now that are in, are in opposite directions. You got one guy fighting to save his job, and another guy who's a coach of the year candidate. Mm. Um, that that'll be a big thing at the end of the day. You can't lose a game like this, the Indianapolis Colts. Now, granted, technically you could and still make the playoffs because it is a non-conference game, right? right. I mean, you got you got two conference games, one of them the d- division game coming up after this. But you can't lose this situation and keep your confidence as a team, right? This could losing to the Atlanta Falcons right now, in my opinion, 
could really do some damage in that locker room with the the mental mental uh state and things of that nature <laughs> yes like this is the 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 time where you don't want to rattle anyone's cage mm-hmm. in that locker room you want their confidence to be on pin as they stay focused to make this playoff fight with a basically two game eliminate or elimination kind of playoff style to, to make it like really one game elimination with two games left after they get through this game, but you can't overlook this game. Exactly. Right. You know what I'm saying? So if is you, this a trap game, a thousand percent it is because this, this game could, this game could honestly determine how the rest of the season goes. Like if this game goes well for the coach, they're riding high, their confidence is up. They're ready to beat whoever this game goes wrong and they get, you know, they, they lose a tough one or they, or they come out and they don't have the same fight that Atlanta has, i.e. last the end of the year last year in Jacksonville, right? And you don't – you play a team that has nothing to play for or really has really a tough shot at making the playoffs and you don't take that serious, your season can be over with just by them stomping on you and messing your confidence up or someone just getting outplayed and, and getting hurt or what have you. And then now you have two games where there are must wins and you don't have enough juice in the tank to get it done. So this is very much so where you need to come in here and take care of business, get in, get out with a win. Everybody feels good and get ready for the next two weeks because those are absolutely must wins because everyone that in your division or well, three teams are in the same scenario you are. Absolutely. And, you know, the, like, as I said earlier, the Atlanta, you, you talked about how, you know, this team has a lot of fight in them and they're absolutely got everything to fight for right now. Uh, yes, they are six and eight, but they're only a game out as we sit right now uh, from winning their division. The Buccaneers are seven and seven. The Saints are seven and eight. Right. Mm-hmm. So if they can win this game and the Bucks lose a game, then it's a three-way tie for the division in the NFC South. So they are absolutely going to come into this game with playoff hopes, not just playoff hopes of their own, but but hopes of doing damage to the opposite team's playoff hopes, right? So you got to go in this with just as much, if not more, mindset. Make sure that you know you are focused enough and know that this game coming up again. We, we always say it, that next game is the most important, and it absolutely is. You're right. And so, they <laughs> like, like you said, it's, it's week by week, and this comes down to not just the coaches, but this comes down to the players. But it really comes down to coaching in these situations, in my opinion, right? Like, you have to be able to motivate. You have to be able to captivate your players – you know, um, uh, minds and interest and 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 their attention and their attention to detail, and you have to be able to really like drive that message home, and you have to get fifty three men all on the same page, right? And so it's not just the forty five or forty whatever where the number is that's dressing and possibly playing. It's you got everyone from practice to study the opponent to, to, to practice like that player that they're going to be going against, right? Like to, to emulate who the, how the defense is going to play and really how the offense is going to play it. And for everyone to be on the same page and, and, and take care of each other during practice during the week, but also hold each other accountable. And it, it comes down to the coaches, right? From the head coach down to the position coaches to really get these guys to understand that, Hey, we got to take this thing serious. Like, because the minute that they come out and they're flat, it's over with. 
Mm-hmm. Like, and you'll be able to see it from the you'll be able to see it from the from the opening kickoff. Who's got the juice and who doesn't have the juice? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what I said last week when I was when I went to the game and I'm watching Pittsburgh. Like, there was no life on that sideline. There was none. They were just there. Like, it was almost like, are you guys being serious right now? Like, what's going on? Colts can't have that. Colts got to be juiced up. They got to be ready to go. They got to be motivated, sharp, you know, playing fast, you know, playing hard to the whistle all 60 minutes to take care of business. Right. And this is just the, the, the position that they've been put in. You were talking about how it's it's all on the coach, a, lo- a lot on the coaches. It kind of brought me back to an interview that I watched. Um, I actually, I just watched it earlier today where DeForest Buckner was on um, uh, Long's show. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris Long. And he uh, he Buckner was talking about, you know, what it's like having Reggie Wayne, you know, former player as a coach, even though he's not a coach of his, you know, area. He's like, you know, they were in a situation where things weren't going well. And Reggie walked up to DeForest and said, look, one of you leaders need to step up and do something here. Right. It's not a coach's thing. This is, this is where a player, one of the leaders of the players need to go in and say something, do something. Right. And I think that, makes a huge difference where you got a player coach like Reggie Wayne that's been in that leadership role as a player. Now he's in a leadership role as a coach. He knows the difference. He knows when, you know, uh, a coach should step up and when a player should step up. And I think that is huge, but it makes me a little bit worried when Reggie has to tell somebody someone needs to step up here you know, and say well, something. Yeah. Well, when, when you look at the, when you look at the, the roster overall, how many guys have made these deep playoff runs uh, or been in these positions? And if they have, were they the guy that was the guy who was the leader on those teams respectively mm-hmm. when those situations arose? So, you know, basically he's going to the guys who it's time to, it's time to for you to step up because I see that quality in you. And I know that these guys from a standpoint of listening to someone on the team, they're going to listen to you. You got to lead by example. And so, like, a coach may or may not see that. And if, even if they say it, how is it received by the player? Mm-hmm. But when you have a player like Reggie coming up to you in crunch time in a time like that, like, if that doesn't motivate you enough, if he's like – because I, 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 I know he didn't just say it like, hey, guys, you know, hey, hey man, you got to get these guys motivated. Like, it was mm-hmm. it was spirited. It was – it was he was in your face. He probably clapped a couple times. He probably, you know, pulled him to the side and really looked him in his eyes. And so – that alone changed how he received it. And he understood like, man, Reggie's telling me this. Like, I got know this is real. I got to step up and lead this football team. Cause I know that, you know, these guys need me right now and we have a chance to still be in this, but if if I don't do it, no, who else will? And Reggie's coming to me on from the other side of the ball to get, get our side of the ball going and step up. Right. And so it's, a, it's, it's, it's an invaluable uh, tool when you have experience, um, mixed in with 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 a person who's actually really done it, and then the guys respect them. On top of it, you know, you 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 can't you can't simulate that. You can't you know you can't fake that. Like you can't have something like that and it not be real. So Reggie telling you that is real, and so these guys respect that. I know hell if I was in that situation and Reggie came to me, I'm I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it because I already know I'm gonna get juiced up and get everybody going. You know, because it's coming from a person who's done it before and it's coming from a person who is a future Hall of Famer and all the above, right? So 
that right there, I just got Reggie a pay raise and I expect to get my three or 5% from that because uh, I just pumped him up. But no, in all seriousness, you can't, you can't, you, you that's the, that's the part where you want, you, you can't put a price tag on that. Yeah, you, you can't, you can't. Absolutely. I think it's time for uh, game predictions now. We're, you know, 28 minutes, 29 minutes in. Uh, I'm going to leave it to you. You already kind of gave a little bit of a preview, but uh, what are you expecting from this game and your final score prediction? Well, this, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this quick, right? The Colts should win this football game. I think that if they come out and take care of business, it should be a two-score game. Now, I'm not going to put a point, actual point um, points on this game, but I'm going to say it should be a two-score game. But being that the Falcons have played well, um, although they've been losing football games, um, I think that, you know, this is not going to be a runaway game like how I would – I think that it should go, if that makes any sense. Um, I think that it should be a, a two-score, at least two-score game, and the coach should just you know run through these guys. But if they don't take care of business, they're gonna let them hang around, and it could be it can be a, a, a it can be a, a low-scoring game or it could be a high-scoring game with them hanging right there with them. I think they just have that kind of uh, elusiveness to, to to score score the ball if they feel like they have some confidence. And so, with that being said, I'm saying the Colts win this game by 14, uh, by two scores, by two scores. But I, I don't have a, a, a point prediction. If that makes sense. I have kind of very similar feelings to to you. I think the Colts get up as much as three scores in this game at one point, and then you know we get into that whole you know don't lose mentality mm-hmm. and end up winning by two scores. Right? That's mm-hmm. you end up giving some garbage time yardage, some garbage time points, uh, but the lead will be too much to overcome is the way I look at it. Indianapolis is not going to spot the Atlanta Falcons 13 points like they did Pittsburgh last week. They're absolutely not going to do it. That's something that they got to, it seemed like after the first quarter, they figured it out and they quit making those stupid mistakes like they did the, uh, you know, the, that quarter plus the four quarters prior to that and the game prior, right. Mm -hmm. uh, Against the Bengals. Uh, I could see this this game ended up being somewhere around 30-17. That's okay. what I'm looking at. All right. Okay. Last week I had Pittsburgh. I had the Colts 27-17. Came pretty darn close. Oh, I was so mad when uh, just saying the end of the game, Colts go out there at the end of the game. There's like a minute 30 left. We go to kneel the football. We kneel the football victory formation. And Mike Tomlin calls a timeout. Right. And I'm like, no, nope, that's it. Go score a touchdown. Right. <laughs> yeah. Score a touchdown. We right. ended up scoring a field goal. But, you know, I'm like, you going to do that? You know, we're right. trying to respect you and not run the score up and you're going to call a timeout wanting the ball back? No, nah, right. dude, that ain't handling with me. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't blame you, man. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> Take your loss and get up out of here, brother. Take it, Take All right. It I think that's going to do it for myself and Donald Thomas. Here on Believe in Colts, brought to you by Bet Online. And as usual, go Colts. Go Colts, baby. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. 
You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.